good morning, everyone. My name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors here. It's wonderful to be here with you to worship this morning. Earlier this week, my family and I got back from a couple weeks of travel. We were visiting family in Minnesota and Virginia, and we came back, as, as anyone should, from a good family trip, completely exhausted and very renewed at the same time. Also very grateful for the lack of humidity in the Bay Area. Every time we go east and then come back in the summer, you just kind of walk off the plane and you're like, ah, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Okay. Well, I want to begin this morning by showing you a photo. Does anybody recognize what this is a photo of? Old Faithful, yes. This is uh, the famous geyser in Yellowstone National Park. Old Faithful, as you may imagine, is named Old Faithful because it is faithful and old. <laughs> yes, faithful and old. Um, so the, I, I learned actually Yellowstone was the first national park um, that came into existence, and that it was created shortly after this geyser was discovered. And since then, scientists have been observing it, they've been studying it, they've been collecting data, uh, and they've, they've learned that um, they can actually predict with a good amount of accuracy when Old Faithful is going to go off next. Uh, it goes off uh, every, like, about 20 times a day. It lasts about a minute and a half to five minutes. Uh, it shoots thousands of gallons of water up 100 feet in the air or higher. And by observing the pattern that's played out in the past and collecting that data, uh, scientists can predict with a good amount of accuracy, when this next eruption is going to happen. So you may be asking yourself, well, how faithful really is Old Faithful? Well, one uh, expert puts it this way. It depends on what you call faithful. Gotta love experts, right? It depends on what you call faithful. But then they go on and they give us a little bit more. Say the famous geyser currently erupts around 20 times a day, and can be predicted with a 90% confidence rate within a 10-minute variation. So what they're saying is we can, we can look at the pattern of how this geyser has behaved in the past, and we can give you a 10-minute window of when it's going to go off. It only goes off every hour to two. It's a pretty large span of when it might go off. But we can get it within 10 minutes 90% of the time. Right? That's, that's pretty faithful. That's pretty reliable. In the world of geysers, faithfulness has to do with dependability and predictability. This geyser is going to go off 20 times a day, give or take one. Right? Every day, it's dependable. It's also predictable. We can look at it, we can study it, and we can predict when it's going to erupt next. Faithfulness in the world of geysers has to do with dependability and predictability. Well, what about faithfulness in the world of faith, in the Christian life? What does faithfulness mean in the life of a believer? That's what we're going to look at today. And that's going to be an important question for us because faithfulness is one of the virtues, one of the character qualities that shows up in Galatians 5 in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. I want to read this list again for us to remind us of what we've seen so far and where this falls into place. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. 
faithfulness is, is one of these virtues. And with all of these, these things that show up in the list, faithfulness is something that starts with God. It's a part of God's character. It's a part of who he is, but it's also something that the spirit of God wants to create in the lives of those of us who follow Jesus. Faithfulness is something that belongs to God, but faithfulness is also something that is intended to be a characteristic of us as well. So we're going to look at this a little bit today to consider what, what would it be like for us to be not just people of faith, but also people who are faithful, people of faithfulness. Now, those two words, faith and faithfulness, uh, they're very closely related. Actually, the, the, the word that shows up in Galatians 5 for faithfulness, it's the Greek word pistis. Shows up 22 times in the book of Galatians, and in almost all of the other cases, it's translated as faith. Here, it's translated as faithfulness, which is, is the right translation here, because what we, what we see is that faith and faithfulness are just really two different sides of the same coin. We could define faithfulness like this. To be faithful is, is being someone in whom confidence can be placed. That's really what it means. That's what this word means when it's used to, to mean faithfulness. To, to be someone in whom confidence can be placed. Faith, the flip side of that coin, is similar. Faith is believing on the basis of the reliability of the one trusted. So if you are faithful, I can have faith in you. Right? They're, they're two closely related concepts. And, and as we unpack the biblical idea of, of faithfulness, what we're going to see is that, that God is faithful. And now as his people, the appropriate response to that faithfulness of God is both one of faith, where we trust in God, we place our confidence in him, and also faithfulness, where we embody this reliability of God. We're going to look at this, uh, looking at a couple different passages. There's so many different stories that we could look at in the Bible that, that talk about faithfulness. Um, but we're, we're going to look at uh, uh, one of the, the Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 136, which is a Psalm that, that speaks over and over and over again of the faithfulness of God. Let's begin by looking at the first three verses of Psalm 136. It goes like this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, as we read our way through the rest of this psalm, this refrain, for his steadfast love endures forever and ever, is repeated over and over and over again. Every other line, for his steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist is just trying to, trying to take these words and just sink them deep into our souls. And the word for, for steadfast love, it's a common Hebrew word, the Hebrew word chesed. Sometimes it's translated here as steadfast love. It could also be translated loving kindness or mercy. But at, at the root of this word, the kind of core idea behind it is that of loyal love or, or covenant faithfulness. It's the primary word that's used of God to describe his relationship with his people. He has committed himself to us. He, he loves us with a loyal kind of love. He's steadfast. He, he's always there. This is one of, one of the bedrock pieces of God's character and one of the, the fundamental ways that God relates to us. He's faithful. He's steady. He's consistent. 
He's going to be there for us. But in this psalm, uh, the psalmist wants to, to give us ways that we can be reminded of God's faithfulness, ways that we can know that God is in fact faithful. And the first thing that he's going to look at is creation itself. Verses five through seven, here's what we find. To him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights for his steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist looks at creation and and says, God has built faithfulness into the very fabric of the universe. And so we can look at this world, we can look at creation, and we can conclude that the God who created this world is in fact all the more faithful. A couple weeks ago, I was up at Camp PBC. I went with two of our kids and on the drive up, we stopped at the Shasta Caverns. It's this kind of network of caves right above Shasta Lake. And we did a, a guided tour of it. And, uh, you know, it's full, full of all of these different rock crystal formations. You've got the stalactites that hang down from the ceiling, the stalagmites that grow up from the top. You've got this flow crystal that looks like a waterfall kind of coming down. And my personal favorite was the splattermite. Look it up. It's pretty cool. It looks like a brain. It's really quite incredible. Don't look it up now. Wait. Um, but... Uh, we're looking at, at all of these crystals, making our way through this cave. And after we've been in there for about half an hour, uh, the, the tour guide says, so how, how safe do you think it is to be in this cave? And I hadn't really honestly thought about it. It was a pretty like, large cave, so I wasn't feeling claustrophobic. But I'm looking at all of these rocks like hanging down from the ceiling. I'm like, I sure hope it's safe. And then she points up to this one stalactite that's hanging from the ceiling of the cave. And... Uh, it, it's this, this huge stalactite, over four feet long. And she tells us that uh, a stalactite grows at the rate of one inch per hundred years. So this, this, this rock has been hanging on the roof of this cave for like 4,800 years or more. Uh, that's a long time. This thing weighs like several tons. It's this massive rock. And we're basically standing right underneath it. I got a little bit nervous. <laughs> and she says, you know what? That rock has been hanging there for, for 4,800 years through who knows how many earthquakes, and it's still there. And if it's been through all of that and it's still there, this cave is a very safe place to be, right? What she was doing, she didn't know that she was doing it, but she was looking at creation and saying, this, this world, this creation, it's dependable. It's predictable. It's faithful. And the conclusion that we can draw from that, from the way that God has designed this world, is that if, the God, if God has created a world that is dependable and predictable, God himself must also be dependable and predictable, even more so than this world that he has created. So creation can serve as something to remind us of the faithfulness of God. But the psalmist wants to give us something else also. The psalmist doesn't just point to creation as something that reminds us of God's faithfulness, but also to God's history in in working out redemption in this world. Let's look at verses 10 to 14. It says, To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever, and brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. 
with a, with a strong and an outstretched arm for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two for his steadfast love endures forever and made Israel pass through the midst of it for his steadfast love endures forever. That drumbeat, steadfast love endures forever. This time looking at, at God's act of redemption. He looks back to the event of the Exodus when the people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt and God came in and he raised up Moses and he sent him before Pharaoh. He sent the 10 plagues, including the the death of the firstborn that ends up having Pharaoh send the people out. Then the armies of Egypt come and they follow them and God parts the Red Sea. He lets his people walk through. He closes the sea over the Egyptian army. And, And this event for Israel became the primary event that they looked back to time and time and time again as a reminder of God's faithfulness. They, they would look back when they, when they couldn't see God's faithfulness in the present or when they were beginning to doubt God, they would look back and they'd say, do you remember what God did? Do you remember what God did when he parted the sea? When, when he, he changed the heart of Pharaoh, when he brought us out of slavery, do you remember when God delivered us? And that would give them confidence to continue to place their faith in God in the present. The lesson that that Psalm 136 is trying to teach us is that, uh, that because God is faithful, we can have confidence in him. Because God has proved himself faithful in the past, we can have confidence in God in the present and in the future. But we need these kind of exodus events to remind us of the faithfulness of God. George Mueller was a missionary to England in uh, the 1800s, and he's most well known for his work in starting orphanages. He started this network of orphanages, uh, and he cared for for thousands of children over the course of his ministry. And uh, his philosophy was that he didn't want to ask for support for his orphanages. He didn't want to go around fundraising. Instead, he just wanted to trust that God was going to give them what they needed, even if he didn't ask. There's one, one story that Mueller recounts in his journal where uh, one morning, the orphanage, they were, they were completely out of money. They had nothing left. They were completely out of food. They had nothing to, to give the children for breakfast. And so he sits down at the table and he, he has everyone sit down at the table with, with empty bowls in front of them. And he prays a prayer and thanks God for the way that God is going to provide for them. Not knowing what that was going to be, he he says, God, thank you for the way that you're going to provide. Empty bowls in front of them. He finishes praying, and there's a knock on the door. And it's the baker from the town. And he says, you know, I, I was woken up in the middle of the night last night, and I just felt from the Lord like you needed some bread. And so I got up, and I spent the night baking bread, and I've brought you all of this fresh bread this morning. And they had bread to give the children for the day. And then the baker leaves and they sit down and, and there's another knock on the door. And the, the, the milkman in the town had been driving by on his cart and the cart broke down right in front of the orphanage. And he couldn't fix it without offloading all of the milk. But if he did that and put it back on, it was going to spoil. So he goes to the orphanage and said, could, could you use some milk? I, I, you know, I, here I am broken down with my cart and could, could you use this? Right? And, and God provided for them. And and this event, and many like it, similar stories, became exodus events for George Mueller and for his team and for those children. 
events that they could look back on and they can say, do you remember when God showed up? Do you remember when we needed God and he came through for us? And then they, on, on account of God's faithfulness in the past, they continued to trust God in the present and in the future. I wonder if, if you have Exodus events in your life. What are those, those ways that you have seen God show up when you needed him? We, we need to think back to those. We need to relive and remember those. But maybe as you think about your life, maybe there, there aren't those, those instances that come to mind. Maybe as you look at your life, it, it's hard to kind of see where the faithfulness of God has been present. In that case, we need to look around us and we need to draw stories from those around us. From, from people like George Mueller for, for the stories found in scripture, but also from the lives of one another. We're gonna do life together, a time of sharing at the end of this service. We did it first service as well and just heard story after story after faith building story of the ways that God has shown up for people when they needed him. Exodus events. Right? We need those kind of events to remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God. But the faithfulness of God isn't only supposed to lead us to be people of faith. It's also meant to lead us to be people of faithfulness. That as we see the way that God has been faithful to us, as we see the loyal love that God has shown to us, his covenant faithfulness, his dependability, his predictability, that is meant to become a model for us. Something that, that we can embody in our own lives. And, and the faithfulness that God is looking for us kind of comes on two planes. It's a faithfulness to God, but it's also a faithfulness to one another. Faithfulness to God is about making that, that commitment of loyalty like the commitment that God has made to us. A commitment to, to, to stick through it for God, with God. Not, to, not just turn aside when life gets hard, not, not to go somewhere else if we feel like faith gets boring, but to say, say God, I'm going to commit myself to you. Earlier this week, I had the opportunity to baptize one of our SLI interns, Joy. She'd spent the summer here. I had a great summer after a great year where God had been doing a lot of wonderful things in her life. And she said, I wanna, I wanna make, take this next step of faith, like we're gonna do for some people at the fall retreat. And I asked her two questions that I ask every person before I baptize them. I said, Joy, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, Joy, do you commit to following Jesus for the rest of your life? And she said, yes, I do. And so we baptized her right there. Right? That, that second question is a question about faithfulness. Do you intend to live a life of faithfulness to God? Are you devoting yourselves to yourself to him? Do you want to, to live a life of, of loyal love to God that reciprocates the loyal love that he has shown to you. God is looking to us to make that kind of commitment to him, to express our intention to do that. But that's difficult to do. That, that can be a bit overwhelming. And I think in, in our culture, uh, that kind of willingness to make those commitments is eroding. I think we're not a culture that's particularly good at making those kind of commitments. And we see that play out in faith. We also see it play out in relationships to one another. Right? How often have you invited someone to, to come and do something? Hey, I'm having some people over on Friday. would love to have you join. Oh, great. I, I would love to, to definitely think about whether I could possibly make it over on Friday. Like, awesome. I might maybe hopefully see you there, right? There's just something that's like, we just have a hard time 
committing ourselves to people, like saying, hey, I'm going to do this and then doing it. There's something about that that, that just feels difficult, right? But, but God is saying, this is how I am. This is what I have done to you. And, and I want you to live your life in such a way that people can also have confidence in you, that your yes is going to be yes, that your no is going to be no, that you're going to be there for them when they need them, right? Could we be those kind of people? Could we be those kind of people who commit our, ourselves to one another, who make ourselves available, who, make, who, who allow ourselves to be dependable in the lives of other people? What an amazing thing that would be. Our culture is not particularly good at that, but God is saying, you know what? I, I want you to be countercultural here, like I am countercultural. I want you to be people who are dependable, who people can, can lean on and rely on. God wants to, to build that in us. When, uh, when I was in college, I, I remember kind of thinking back on my years in high school and, and just thinking, you know what, I don't know that I was a particularly faithful friend. I'm not sure that I was the kind of person that my friends could really rely on, but I want to be that kind of person. And so I started thinking carefully about, you know, how can I be a faithful friend in the lives of, of my friends? And then I started dating Lindsay, and I wanted to think really carefully about, you know, what would it look like to be a faithful boyfriend and eventually a spouse? What would it look like to, to live a life of faithfulness in that way. And I thought about my relationship with God and I thought, you know, God, I, I really want to be faithful to you. I really want to commit myself to you. But then here I am, I'm, I'm looking at my life and I'm seeing all of this sin and I'm, I'm seeing all these idols, these things that, that my heart is really longing after that are, are not of God. And, and I began to be a little bit fearful. Like, God, I'm, I'm not sure I really can be faithful. Like, I, I, I want to be, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it. And that there was a level of, of fear and doubt that kind of crept in that was like, well, if I'm not able to be faithful to God in the way that he expects, is he going to be faithful to me in the way that I'm expecting him to be? I wonder if you ever feel like that. I wonder if you ever think about the, this commitment that the Lord is looking for us to make and say, I, I'm just not sure if I can do it. I'm not sure if I can make that kind of commitment. And if I, if I don't, I'm not sure that God is going to be faithful to me. God, God doesn't want us to feel that way. He doesn't want us to have to question his faithfulness on account of our lack of faith. And he, he tells us as much in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13 says this, The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, now, now listen to this, if we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's amazing, isn't it? Right? He's drawing a distinction between denying God and being faithless, or we could also translate that unfaithful. And he says, yeah, if, if you deny me, if you say, God, I don't want any part in you. I, I, I don't believe in you. I don't want to follow you. God, I, I am denying you. God says, you don't, you don't have to have any part in me. You know, I, I will deny you if that's the case. But if you are faithless, that is, if you, if you struggle to trust God, or if you, if you struggle to live a life of faithfulness to God, 
God says, that is not going to separate you from me. That is not going to keep me from being faithful to you. Even if, if we are faithless, even if we are unfaithful, still God remains faithful. That's remarkable, isn't it? We need that, right? Because it's actually in our nature as sinful human beings to be unfaithful, right? We, we don't have what it takes to live a perfect life of faithfulness towards God or towards each other. But it's in God's nature to be faithful. This is part of who he is. It's part of his character. And it flows out towards us in his steadfast love, his loyal love, his covenant faithfulness. And so he says, I'm, I'm not expecting you to be perfect. I'm not expecting you to get it right all the time. But even when you get it wrong, I'm still gonna be there. I'm not sure if you struggle with feeling that confidence. I'm not sure if you struggle with having that kind of faith in God that that George Mueller had, or uh, maybe that you felt in the past or you've seen in the lives of others. But God, God wants to grow that in us. He wants to grow us into people of faith and faithfulness. In just a moment, we're going to sing of the faithfulness of God. That's the foundation of all of this. It's the foundation of our faith and it's the foundation of our ability to be faithful. We're gonna sing about the faithfulness of God. And we do that in part to remind ourselves of what we know is true, but can so easily forget. That God is in fact somebody who can be relied on. That he's there for us always. He's never gonna leave us. He's never gonna forsake us. When we need him, he's gonna be there for us. And so today, if you're doubting that in any way, I would encourage you, you don't, you don't have to fake it, but maybe just listen. Maybe just listen to the voices around you, the people who are declaring this thing that is true. And maybe you can also find it in yourself to, to voice these words, even if you're not totally sure you believe them. And if you're just there this morning, if you are feeling the faithfulness of God, if you have a story where God has showed up, just sing these words out with all of your heart as worship to God and as an encouragement to those around you. So if you're able, would you stand with me? And I just wanna pray. I just wanna ask God to be with us as we, as we sing these songs about God's faithfulness. Lord, we know that you are faithful. You are with us here. You have built faithfulness into the fabric of the universe You have sent Jesus to die for us as the ultimate act of redemption. Lord, we know that you are faithful. And yet sometimes we doubt and sometimes we fail to be faithful in response. Lord, would you inhabit this room with your presence and give us just a tangible sense of your faithfulness here today. Lord, we give you the glory and praise. Christ is my firm foundation. The 